this is the Wander World Podcast, where we explore the highs and lows of life and the intricate spaces in between. I'm your host, Shaka Smith, and in that vein, we talk to inspiring individuals about how they charted their path through life's complexities. And today, we have a world-renowned stylist who has created the When Hair and Body Care line. Please welcome Chaz. Thank you so much for being here. This is incredible to have you here. And full disclosure, guys, I go to the salon. I love the product. So uh, if I'm biased, it's because I am, because it's really good. <laughs> so how are you doing? It's my thing. Yeah, that is true. I just explained to her, I, I forgot the first name. I'm so sorry. Kayla. Um, she said she got her hair done yesterday, and she posted it, and it was beautiful. And I said, you got to come in and see us. And I said, Chaka's there all the time. Yeah. So everything's going well, doing well? Yeah, I, we opened in New York, and now you know that because she asked me when you go back to New York. So that itself, we can go on another thing, but that was a journey from since 2015. I bought a building in September 2015, closed escrow. It's a landmark building from 1845, so getting through the landmark approvals, oh. it took me three and a half years, but that's its own subject. But we're finally open, 59 yeah. Greenwich Avenue in the West Village, which is really beautiful. Here now, nice. <laughs> Um, well, I want to start at the beginning. <laughs> um, you started as a styling assistant, and now you are here, 700 products, over 200 million bottles sold in the last 10 years alone. Um, quite a feat. Uh, how did you, you have a holistic approach to your business and your life. How did that holistic approach inform your journey? Part of what's in, part of, you can hear me, right? Part of what's crazy is, as you told me where we were doing this podcast, when I was 19, I, when I moved, lived in Pennsylvania until I was 13, moved to California, but it was Simi Valley. Graduated high school, a week later my family moved to Arizona. I went to school for photography, that's how I started out. I got photography all through high school, loved photography, but I wanted to incorporate my vision of the hair and makeup I wanted to see with my photography, so I went to school for hair. I knew I was not staying in Arizona because it's like, I'm sorry, to me, Arizona's made for lizards and rattlesnakes. It's way too hot for me, way too hot. So I knew I wasn't staying there, there's no way. Um, so I went to school for photography, commercial photography, and hair. And I moved back here when I was 19. And my very first apartment is right behind this building. I, at the dead end, Herod Street, I was at 9030 Herod. So it's right behind this building is my first ever apartment I lived in on my own when I was 19. Well, Which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I thought we were at that so long when you said here, I'm like, I live in that. That's why I moved here, and that's where it all started. Yeah. It all started as an assistant. And I came here with full disclosure. I literally saved up while I was in beauty school. I worked at nights and saved my money so I could move back here. And back when I was 19, I saved $3,000, which then seemed like enough. Now it would be nothing if we got in a week. Right. Yes. Um, but I saved $3,000 to move here, and I knew I was on a very limited limited income because we made minimum wage which was nothing then um and i just had a hustle i had to bust my butt and i'm not joking so we would do five models a week and it got you going through the program quickly i went through a great training program there was no room for screwing up because they were interviewing it was carlton in the beverly center and they were interviewing every tuesdays and thursdays and they would have 20 30 people wanting the job so if you didn't want yours or you weren't stepping up, you were gone. There were no questions asked. It was like, 
literally call in sick or didn't show up with a model three times, no model, you're out and they move on to the next person. So it was insane discipline, um, but it got me my foundation mm -hmm. and I moved through it quickly. So after I graduated from assisting, they asked me if I would teach. And it's great that you do that because now you're instilling what you learned and it makes you think about it as you're teaching it and you learn by teaching and that's huge. It is huge. So in our salon now, as our, you, you already know, as our, as our stylists graduate from assistants and they become stylists, we get them to teach as well because it reinforces what you know, but when you verbalize it, it just ingrains it so much deeper. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. So after that, I um, became an assistant manager and I was more, I would say, more like a cheerleader because the manager that we had was very moody and my goal every day was to get him in a good mood because if he wasn't in a good mood, it meant the whole space wasn't. <laughs> so my goal was that we're in a good mood, everything's good, come on, let's go. And I was like a cheerleader until they asked me if I would consider going to their Century City Salon and managing it. Mm -hmm. And I was only 21 at the time. I was insanely young. But because I showed how I moved through each process, um, they gave me that, but on top of that, that's when I started developing products, when I was 19. I was 19, when I was an assistant, I happened to ask them, you have your own product line, but you buy deep conditioners from the beauty supply, that doesn't make sense, why don't you have your own deep conditioner? And they said, well if you want, we'll set you up with a lab if you want to help us do that. So, ask questions guys, is that open? <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting here today if I didn't ask that question when I was 19. So they did, they set me up with a lab, I worked with her, I said here's what we currently do, let's start with this, but let's make it even better. So that's what we did. Um, about six months after they launched that, it was called Reconstructor, and about six months after they launched that, they came to me and they said, would you consider working with us on a net more natural product line? And I said, yeah. And my question was, but what will I get out of it? Because again, I was still this 19, barely 20 year old kid. And I'd already created one product for them, but their words were, Prove, show us you can do it first and then we'll discuss that. And in my mind, I'm like, didn't I already do that the first time? But I like doing what I did. And I'm glad I didn't say that because I like doing what I did. I did do it. And about a year and a half later, we launched a primrose shampoo for them, sage conditioner and rosemary conditioner for them. And it's the, it was called E. coli back then, but it's the fashion formula, it's a big sexy line. I developed their first ever three products and they're like worldwide. Wow. So that was me and coming out of that, once it was launched, met with them about what I'll get from it and um, lessons, your self-worth, which is important. As I started with them, I, in my head, I thought maybe I'll get like 15% out of this. And in the year and a half of creating it, in my own head, my own dialogue, not no dialogue with them, I went from 15% to 12% to 10% in my own head. Wow. Because I knew that they were cheap, mm -hmm. and so I knew, so I didn't want to let myself down. So I went all the way from 15% to the year and a half before when we launched it. In my head, I was like, oh, if I get three or 4%, I'd be happy. <laughs> so I went from 15 to three or four, yeah. went and met with them after it was launched, and they slid a piece of paper across the table to me. I turned it over and they offered me a penny per bottle for every bottle manufactured. I, yeah, I know. Wow. A penny per bottle. I'm like, ugh. And I'm like, I'd already done it. It was theirs. I didn't invest money, but I put all my everything into it. And so. How did you come back from that? You, 
Well, you launch your own mind. No, but I'm being serious. No, I didn't because in my head I'm thinking, okay, a hundred bottles is one dollar. I'm like, how am I even going to get to a thousand dollars as a struggling, you know, stylist at the time? So the point was, in all honesty, I never even saw that. They never gave me anything. But what I took away from it was, if I created that product for them, what can I now do for myself? And this is after launching this. I was in their Bel Air salon because I graduated, I graduated, I resigned from management because they wouldn't even pay you minimum wage to manage. It was just a status quote, you had a title. You didn't get paid to manage, it was, and again, I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't do it, but you didn't get paid for it. I'm like, just pay me minimum wage, which again was like five something an hour, guys. Just pay me minimum wage to show me it has value and it means something to you. You're gonna have me emotional because they didn't do that. No, they wouldn't even do that. So I'm like, I learned as much as I can. It was taking away from me building my clients and I was making less money because you had to go to meetings and you had to manage people, 20 stylists. And my own, my own clients were suffering. So I resigned from management. I went up to the Bel Air Salon, it's at Beverly Night Mall, and it was all ex-managers up there at the time. So it was a really busy salon, but there was no, no harmony, there was no music on, there was no coffee made, there was no vibe, no energy. So I started managing it, again, just because it's who I am and I've got to create a vibe and energy. And I did it for as long as I could, and then one of the other ex-managers did the same. We kind of traded off, like, okay, you take it for six months, then I'll take it, and we went back and forth. Until the point came when a lot of the ex-managers that had built-in clientele were leaving to open their own salons, and they had styles that were talented up there, but they didn't, they weren't building. And it's because they're in one of the richest neighborhoods in California, Bel Air, and those women are multimillionaires, and it said Carlton over the door, and I'm like, you need to change that name, because they think of it as a chain salon, and it was. And I'm like, these women are, have too much pride, they're not gonna walk through these doors. I told them that for years, didn't do it. So finally, they got word that they were gonna be selling the salon, I'm like, oh my God, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? And they offered it to me, and my first knee-jerk reaction is that I said, no, I said, no way, hell no, because I knew they screwed me over X, Y, and Z times. But then I thought about, like, wait a minute, the only reason it's not working here is because their ego won't let them change that name. So I did do it, and that's when I opened my first one. And within a month, I didn't have any money, I had no money, so I just painted the walls, put up, it was shabby sheet bed, so put up bright roses hanging upside down and so forth. I just gave it an energy and a vibe, and within a month, it was buzzing. The owners lived in the neighborhood, and they would come by, and like, what did you do? How'd you do this? I'm like, I told you, all you had to do is change that name. And that was it. But their ego wouldn't allow them to do it. So there is, hopefully, a lot of lessons in there. Um, I could have been disgruntled that they screwed me over and been angry about it, and I would still be in that today. Mm -hmm. But I turned that around and thought, if I created that for them, imagine what I could do for myself, and this is what I did for myself. Amazing. And, and how were you able to buy that salon they offered to you? Were you like cobbled together with some friends or? My grandfather. <laughs> I had to pay him back because it was it was my grandfather. We, I didn't come from money, so it was it wasn't insane, but I had to pay him back and so forth. But um, it, actually, it's funny because when we were young, my gosh, when we lived in Pennsylvania. My grandparents, they, they saved all their money, they never spent money. So they, my aunt and uncle lived in Hong Kong, and they took my brother, who at the time was probably 12, I was probably 10, on a trip to Hong Kong. And so when I asked them for the money, they said, well, since, this is, my God, what, 
10, 12 years earlier, they said, well, since we took your brother to Hong Kong, we never did, go ahead and do that and just pay back whenever you can, whatnot. So it did, it afforded me the ability to do that. But I was on shoestring budgets up until 2008, no joke. Cause I was at QVC in 2005, but still struggling and struggling and struggling. It wasn't until 2008 that I saw, I can breathe and I don't have to throw the bills up and figure out which one I'm going to pay because that's what it was. And people miss that journey when they see you out in public, they don't realize how hard it can be while you look successful. It took me forever to get to the success, yes. Well, I'll say one of the key You can't give up, sorry. Yeah, you can't <laughs> give up, no. And I say one of the key parts of your success is innovation. Um, and so you create this product with no lather, which at the time was revolutionary, a five in one. Um, where did you come up with the impetus for that level of innovation? And did you have challenges bringing it to market because it was so new and no one had seen before? Um, the funny part is, is remember the three products I created for them, again, was Primrose Shampoo, Sage Conditioner, Rosemary Conditioner. The Sage Conditioner was more moisturizing. The Rosemary with the menthol was more stringent, and I knew that. As soon as it was May 1st of 1993 when I opened my salon up there, and that day is the day I gave up lather. The only reason I did it before is because working for them, you had to sell shampoo, had to sell conditioner, had to sell styling products, because you had to do it in order to stay there. So as soon, the day I opened my salon, I knew my client's color would go down the drain. They would call two to three weeks later. I love my color when I left, but it's faded and brassy. I used to mix vegetable color in with the shampoo, and it worked a little bit, so I thought, ah. I gotta maybe mix it in. So I would empty every bottle of conditioner, mix vegetable color in with the vegetable, with the conditioner as well. So I would empty shampoo, mix in vegetable color, empty conditioner, mix in vegetable conditioner. But I knew that the reason it's fading is because that, can I say fucking yeah. shampoo? Because that fucking shampoo. I knew it was fading because the damn shampoo. So I'm like, why don't I just get rid of the shampoo? Because that's what's causing it. Yes. And I used to shampoo and condition my hair twice a day. Wow. It's 14 times a week because I would get so, when I would use shampoo in my hair, my scalp would tighten up, it would get so irritated, it felt horrible, and it would get knots through it, use a comb just to get through it, and it would get oily in the middle of the day. If I was going to dinner or a movie, I would be all oily at the scalp, I'd have to start all over again. If they say, want to go to dinner or a movie, I'm like, yeah, let me go home and shower first really quick, because the other night it's itching all that. So I knew my scalp was oily because I was robbing my oils, and your body's working overtime, just like your skin. And I learned that when in beauty school in Arizona, I would use sea breeze, sea breeze on my face, which is alcohol base, and for five or 10 minutes, it would be dry. And then in 15 minutes later, it's like an oil slip because you rob your skin of all its natural oils. Your brain says, hurry up and replenish those. And it was the same thing with shampoo on my scalp. And I knew it, but I knew I had to figure out how do I get rid of that and how can I clean the air? So with the sage conditioner that I created for them and the rosemary conditioner, I would mix it like two thirds and one third, mix that together. And I started it once and I just did it for one day. I'm like, okay, that's one day. I got a day out of it. Then I did two days, then I did three. I'm on 30 years now. I've not had lather touch my hair, my face, my body, my skin in 30 years. So yeah, it was just knowing what the monster was. How do I eliminate that monster and how do I fix it? And the company, I still worked for them when I was doing this. And then when I bought it, I told them about because I was excited about it, but they didn't want to hear anything about yeah. it. And then all of a sudden, about a year later, they came back to me and said, you, you told us you, don't use you always order conditioner. Oh, when they, when they asked me, you only ever order conditioner from us, you never order shampoo. I'm like, yeah, because I don't use that, I only use conditioner. And they like dismissed it completely. And about a year later, they came back and like, I remember you telling us there's a reason you don't, I'm like, 
because <laughs> you're ready to screw me over again. Yeah. So my, the stylist was ready to tell them what I do. I'm like, mm, 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 don't say a word. So I knew I was onto something with my clients. I would explain to them because they would think it's weird. Like, mm -hmm. how am I going to get my hair clean with conditioner? I'm like, it's not traditional conditioner. Traditional conditioners filled with polymers, filled with binders and waxes, that's going to detangle your hair. Yeah. This doesn't have all those polymers, filled with binders, waxes, and it's not going to weigh your hair down. And that's how they think of it. It's heavy, greasy, and weighing your hair down. That's more like cream rinse. Um, so I said, as long as you trust me, I promise it works. So it was building the trust with my clients, and then they would see the difference in their hair. And I started out with Nicola Sheridan, my first ever celebrity client. She was on Knott's Landing at the yeah. time. And I got her off the bleach and off the shampoo. And her brother was dating Tori Spelling from 90210 at the time. She says, you need to go see Chaz. He's going to get you off bleach and off shampoo. And she's like, I know it sounds weird. Just trust him. So Tori Spelling. And you can watch back not slanting and watch back 90210. And you can see when I started doing Tori's hair. You see the difference in her hair. And then she sent Shannon Dory and then Jenny Garth. And it just was snowballing. It just kept going. And then ER with Juliana Margulies and Gloria Rubin, the, girl, the curly girls. And so it just was a snowball thing. So the element was, yes, it was somewhat difficult getting people to embrace it, but they would see who sent them and like, okay, it sounds weird. It makes, doesn't make sense. It sounds backwards, but I'll trust you and I'll try it. I'm like, as long as you do what I say, I promise it works. And it just kept building. So I worked on my life for five years before I launched it. And part of it was because I didn't have the money to launch it. And I asked some of my clients, if they would be interested in investing, because I, I didn't have my I had nothing. Um, I met my birth family in 1998. I found my birth family, and I didn't launch till 2000, November 2000. So I asked my birth family, like, I wish we could. We just don't have the money. It's like I didn't come for money whatsoever, anywhere, growing up, any of it. So I just had to wait until I could afford it. And when I finally launched it, November of 2000, I had to manufacture it at the lab, and fill it elsewhere because I couldn't even meet their minimum. So I only manufactured 2,000 units, which is the least you can fill. So that's how I started and it was the snowball effect. So it went from one cleansing conditioner in November of 2000, Sweet on the Mint, to Tea Tree was my second one. And my second one was because I had clients that, again, I'm not making a claim here, I'm just telling you why I developed it. I had a claim that had lupus and she had to use medicated products. And she would watch everyone with the beautiful hair. She's like, I'm so envious, I just wish I could use it, but I have to use medicated products because of my lupus. If you would create one that I could use, I would love to. So I did my research and I went online, I'm like, tea tree's antifungal, antiseptic, antibacterial. So tea tree's my second one I launched and it was in June of 2001. And it's like got a cult following for, it's again, problem solution, baby fine hair, of course unruly hair, can't wear black, those sort of things. Tea Tree's amazing. So no medical claims. I just know the reason I created it was because of my client. And and wow. your your personal Thank beliefs. You. <laughs> um, your personal beliefs, like permeators alone, obviously. Um, but you created so many products after that moment. How do you I guess keep the integrity of your personal belief across so many product lines? I there's just, well, I shoot every label too. So I think you, I don't know if you know that. I shoot every label and I, I'm i involved in every aspect of it. It's like I'll shoot the label and then we manufacture a product. I'm testing the product. Like right now, I'm testing my prosperity. Prosperity is in my hair. So I don't have style cream, I don't have mousse in my hair. It's literally just the cleansing conditioner. So as I test them, while I was testing back for those five years, 
I would always test like sample A on one side, B on the other. I had half and half head for over five years. And I would go to the salon and say, which side looks better? Because I knew what I thought. Which side looks better? Okay, boom. And I would keep going. Next sample, next sample, next sample. And then I would have my stylist test it. That's how I started. My stylist test it. Once we were all on the same page, and you know my salon, I'm, I'm the minority at my salon, and you know what I mean, but I really am. I'm, there's not many white guys there. There isn't, and my salon's always been that way. So the diversity of my client has, uh, of my product has always been that way. Because I want it to be from a baby fine hair to the coarse curly, um, you know, black girl hair, black guy hair. And it's always been that way. So testing it first on myself, then on them, then on our clients is how it's been. So the integrity's always been there. I don't, I won't ever. And, and to my product development team, it probably, they would love it to be a different way, but it's like, I don't sign off on it. My name's on it, my integrity's on it. So I am not signing off on it until I'm like, I'm 100% satisfied with it. So it just, it doesn't waver. There's ones that I've had to put on the back burner because I'm like, we've gone through so many samples, like, I just can't get there. And one is, you know, my botan botanical tonic, yeah. tonic. So we're doing a botanical cleansing conditioner and we've tried even with different labs and like, it's not where I want it to land. So it's on the back burner now. So yeah, I don't, I will not launch anything unless literally my stamp is on it, my integrity. And you know, I'm a Leo with the Scorpio rising and Virgo moon, so it's a tough one. And how important is that for you to be, to be an example of the brand that you represent? Because I know a lot of people that have brands, they don't necessarily wear their own brand or represent How important is it for you to be that sort of walking billboard for what you do? Marisol, my housekeeper and family, she's been with me for 25 years, since 1998. It's you've been to my house, I only use my products. I don't use anyone else's products. So again, I'm creating them for the need of myself, my customer, my client, all of that. But when people see it, I'm like, I'm live on TikTok, Instagram, all this all the time, and I walk through my house, I'm like, I'm not staging, this is my house. It's what I live and breathe. I don't have any other product. Actually, when I go to people's house that are when people and I see other things in there, I'm like, why do you have that in here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I live and breathe it. It's like I only use my, I've created products for a need, for what my needs are. But I've created my self-tanner for that reason. I used to settle for self-tanners. I'm pale, pale, pale. I can't stay up how pale I am. And I've self-tanned since I was in middle school and I've tried everything out there. And I always settle for either looking slightly orangey or streaky or always smelled like self-tanner. And it wasn't until like five years ago, I'm like, why am I settling for these people self-tanner that I was satisfied with, but not over the moon about. And so I created my own and it, you do not have that self-tanner smell. It's not orangey, it's not streaky, it's a kabuki brush you're brushing on with. So I do it for those reasons. It's like my lip treatment, the same thing. So I develop my lip treatment because when you do lip scrubs, they're usually with sugars, which tear your skin and tear your lips. And when I was developing, I'm like, I don't want any sugar. They kept trying to give me every different kind of sugar. I'm like, I don't know what you're understanding. I don't want sugar in it. We've got to find another way to exfoliate, but without the sugar. So ours is with lemon peel and black gray seed. You can do it twice a day and it will never be too much. When I used to do lip exfoliators before, it's like I couldn't do it, but like every two weeks or even less, because it would just tear and it would be so sensitive and irritating. So, that's how, and I hope I'm under your understanding. Yeah. I develop uh, my needs, my clients' needs, customers' needs, all of those. But um, I put a very strong stamp on it as well because my integrity is on it. Yeah, I think obviously mental fortitude has been part of your life. Going back to that time um, when you you've developed this product and you don't have the money to put it out, 
how do you, how did you, I guess, mentally fortify yourself for the fact that you might never put it out, or it might be, you know, you have to kind of. My friends used to tease me about that. I am not joking because I always had samples. Yeah. I have friends that used to go to Rehoboth Beach and they would invite me, and I would cut their hair and do their highlights out in the backyard. That was my payment. It's like, okay, I can't pay for the trip, but what I can do is I can do everyone's hair. Yeah. So with families and whatnot, do hair in the backyard, highlights in the backyard, whatever we did, cuts. And they knew that Chaz is launching this product. It was always launched in air quotes. Like, is this ever going to happen? How did you and deal with that? Because it's like, you know, it's, it's hard. hard. Because <laughs> it's I didn't have money to do it. I knew I had it. I knew it was ready. It was in my back pocket. But it's like I had to wait. But it took me almost five years to formulate it as well. Yeah. It took me five years to perfect where I wanted. And the other part that I didn't say is when I was creating it with the lab, I asked them to formulate me a shampoo and then two separate conditioners. And as the years went on, they're like, you haven't made a change to the shampoo. I'm like, no, it's good, because I never intended to launch it. But I felt like if I let them know what I was, like my lab didn't know what I was doing, I knew. I didn't tell them I'm creating a, and it didn't even have a name, cleansing conditioner. There was no category. There was, no, there was always shampoo, conditioner, deep conditioners. There was no cleansing conditioner category. I didn't know what I was gonna call it. I just knew it wasn't shampoo. And at the time, my mom had been diagnosed with cancer as well in January of 96, while I was creating it. And it had sodium lauryl sulfate. And sodium lauryl sulfate, guys, check your toothpaste as well. It goes right to every organ in your body. And so many toothpastes have sodium lauryl sulfate, and it's linked to causing cancer. So putting that in your head every day, putting it in your teeth and brushing your teeth with it every day, pay attention and read your ingredients is insanely important. But I thought if I can change one thing and save one life, mm -hmm. it'd be worth everything. And my mom unfortunately passed 22 years ago of cancer after a five-year battle. But um, yeah, she was around. She was around for three months when I launched it. She passed away uh, February 5th of 2001. I launched it in November of 2000. So she saw my vision. She knew what I was doing. And now she watches over all that. Um, and I know that you just, we talked about the expansion to New York. Um, has that been, you had the West Hollywood successful salon, you Chaz Dean, everyone knows what we're stylist. Was that part of innovating, part of a natural extension of success to go to New York? Why did, what inspired that? that the, our, our customers, our clients, because not everybody can get here, but I figured if I'm on the East Coast, West Coast, if you're in the middle, you can at least get to one or the other. Yeah. And just our customer asking, I've been on QVC now for 18 years, going on my 19th year. I started in 2005 on QVC, and just the customers like, oh, I wish, it's on my bucket list, but I don't think I'll ever get to California. So I looked, I had looked, and the irony with that as well as I, back when we were doing Flipping Out with Jeff Lewis for all those years, um, we looked, and we looked at places with him, and there were places I almost got, but I would have been leasing them. And one of them, uh, one that I loved, it was on Broadway, I loved it, but even as I was getting ready to sign the lease, and we're ready to move forward with it, the landlord tried to stick it to me because other people showed interest in it and he wanted more than double what I was gonna, I'm like, no, can't, can't do that. So I was so grateful that that didn't happen because I now own the building and I got in it in what, 2015, so where I'm at now is great if you, if you can. Mm -hmm. And again, I was able to back then, but I own the building, it's very different than, because I know so, so you got pump right here. Pump supposedly left because the rent. Supposedly yeah, it was eighty thousand dollars a month. Supposedly, I don't know, but allegedly that's insane. Yeah. 
That's insane. So yeah, let that be your mortgage. Let that be your mortgage. But that's my point is once you're in and you build your business, I, I was that way in Bel Air. I was that way in Bel Air because I was with the landlord there. I own the one in Hollywood. But in Bel Air, the landlord, your roof would leak and you were responsible for your roof. Yeah. It's not my building, but yet you as a tenant were responsible for your roof leaking. It was insane and they stick it to you. So same thing, guys. Anytime you can, if you look at if you can get a deposit down and you're looking at how much would you be paying on your rent versus could that be your mortgage instead, that's the deal. And uh, of course, that a lot of that success has built, been built on the QVC success and you are the QVC king and I know that every entrepreneur that's got a product wants to know how to get on QVC. What, how did that process begin? Do you have tips for people trying to begin now? Uh, mine was at like whew, my, my high, like one of the highest up at the time. Um, it was, the reason I'm on there in my, in my security was is Desperate Housewives had just gone on there in September. If anyone remembers Desperate Housewives, not the real housewives, Desperate Housewives. <laughs> they went on the air in September. I hosted, because we used to always host style lounges, we hosted an Emmy Style Lounge. And Terry Hatcher was there, Marsha Cross was there, and I had met them. They loved when, sent them home with it. They started using it on the set. They got a house account set up. They were nominated for their Golden Globe in their first year, so I went to meet them. Um, bonded with Terry Hatcher, she invited me to her 40th birthday party, found out they were all, everyone was using when. And so in January of 2005, they invited me to the set because Oprah was doing a spoof on Desperate Housewives. So I went to the set and I brought a gift basket. They asked me if I wanted to do a gift basket for Oprah because she was gonna be on doing spoof. I'm like, uh, let me think about it. Of course I do. So I did a gift basket and still another lesson. I almost sent my assistant to bring it because I was busy, really busy that day. I'm like, you bring this truck up? She goes, well, what if I go and I were to meet Oprah? Wouldn't you feel like, uh, she said, I would feel horrible if I went and met Oprah and you didn't go. I'm like, I didn't even think about that, like the chance of potentially meeting Oprah. So I said, you know what, you're right. Let me juggle things around and I'll go with you. So we went and I went pulled in on the lot, and they said, do you want to bring it down to Miss Winfrey herself? I said, yeah. And my assistant looked at me, are you gonna be okay with that? I'm like, I have to be. I just said, yeah, of course I'll be, sure, why not? So this is 2005, and I wasn't, I was just making my way at that point. I wasn't, Chaz, I was Chaz Dean, but not Chaz Dean. Um, so I went down on set, and I had this huge basket for her, and she was talking to Mark Cherry, like literally closer than you are right there. I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's goddamn, that's Oprah Winfrey right there. And her show was on, she was every, in 2005, everything, she was like it. And so she walked by me and I was holding a huge, cause you know how big we make our bath? It was a quarter of the size of that table. It was big, twice this size. And I'm holding this basket and she walks by and she went, mm, like I was holding the food up there. She went, mm, 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 like that sure looks good. And I said, they all use when? And she goes, is that the secret? Is that why all their hair looks so good? I'm like, yeah. Same thing with Desperate Housewives. If you go back and watch episode one, the pilot, and then watch when they went to, to uh, what's it when they went to, what? When they, when they picked it up, what's it called? You know what it's When they went to season, whatever you call it. So you watch the pilot and then watch when they actually launched season, episode two, three, and four. Their hair is night and day, night and day. But the, girl, the women used it, the guys used it, the kids, everyone, it was a when set, they all used when, it was insane. So she goes, that the secret? I'm like, yeah, they all used when. So she went, she did her thing on set, 
and she came off and Andre, her stylist, came up and he talked to me all about it. And at the time, Halle Berry used it, Holly Teacher Campbell used it, Holly Robinson Pete, and they're all on her show. They'd all just been on her show. I'm like, all your girls use it, just ask them. They'll tell you, because to convince me, it honestly, me as a white boy, convincing men and women of color that my product's gonna work for you, it's I knew I was up against the wall, and I knew that. I was told, I used to do Dana Devon and uh, Lisa Gibbons here, an extra, and Reggie, who was a producer on there, he was a big black guy, and he told me, you're gonna have to package it different, you're gonna have to launch something different, because we're used to buying it on aisle five. I'm like, nope, maybe that's what you're used to, but not with my product. I know what I created, I know who it's for, and I know how it works. So telling Andre the same thing with confidence, yep, you'll use it, love it. So Oprah came on set, and I told her all about it, and she was so excited. Uh, and she walked away strutting, like, I can't wait to shampoo my hair. And up until that day, I've corrected anyone that calls it shampoo, and you know that. I'm like, it's cleansing conditioner, because I want you to remember that. And so that day she said, I can't wait to shampoo my hair. I'm like, I let her get away with it. As I got in my car, I realized I should have corrected her. And I should have, because it would make, it would she would then remember, I called it shampoo and he corrected me. So that was a lesson for me. And it was over, so I'm like, you can call it shit, I don't care what you call it. But again, lesson learned, if, now if I had done it again, I was a cleansing conditioner, because it would have stuck more. But that's what gave me the confidence. I had gone back and forth with dabbling, with trying to get in touch with QBC, but I wasn't successful. I had a friend that sold on it, and she, it's weird, because I'm like, I'll give you all the context I can, but some people are territorial with that, and they're like, they know that if someone new comes in, it means they might get less airtime. So, and that's how it works. You could, if someone else is on, you might get less airtime. So they kind of want to help you, but well, here's it is, and good luck. And so, it gone back and forth, and by the time I walked off that set, I'm like, okay, the housewives are using it, they're globally everywhere, everyone's talking about Desperate Housewives. The number one show, Oprah now is, if they don't want it, they're never gonna want it. So I called again, telephone tag, because this is in January, telephone tag, telephone tag, telephone tag, and it wasn't until the end of March, and I was at the salon, they like, you have a call from QBC? And I'm like, oh my God, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it, so I did. And they said, um, we're thinking about meeting with you. When would you like to come? We'd like to meet with you. And I said, when? They said, how's April 4th? And it was like a week away. I'm like, I'll do it, I'll do it. So I went there and also right before that happened because I had met Nicole Murphy through Holly Robinson Pete for Holly Wright Foundation. And I've been doing it for 23 years now, but she was married to Eddie Murphy at the time. And she did, she's the one that looked at me when I met her at a, um, uh, fashion show and I went up to her and I know she's thinking you little white boy you just try to tell me my products gonna work on me and I did and she came in the salon just cleansed her hair did nothing else just cleansed it put her under the dryer she's like okay where do I sign up so she at the point in time was buying it by the gallon because she has five kids all of them completely different hair types so going to QVC knowing that it was my confidence is I guess what I'm gonna say so when I went and I met with him you can't, I didn't use Oprah's name either. It was in my back pocket knowing the confidence of that, but you don't use Oprah's name unless she gives you permission to. So I just knew I'm on cloud nine, Oprah, Housewives, uh, Nicole Murphy, all that. So I walked out of the meeting at QBC and I said, if you were gonna do this, how would you do it? Like, oh no, we're doing this. And that was it. But the first time I was on air, I came off air, we sold out. And I came off air and they said, congratulations, you're gonna be back. And I'm like, you mean there was a chance that I might not even be like, yeah, if you didn't do well and sell out, you're not coming back. So 
Yeah, it was, it was a, it just built and built and built and just kept building. It just kept building every time we went on. And I started with just hits, like eight minutes hits. And then nine months later, they gave me an hour show and it just kept evolving. And it's like, my product is one that it needs to be explained. It's not going to sit on this. Well, now people know what cleansing conditioner is, but back then, 2005, what's a cleansing conditioner? What is this? Where's the shampoo? That's why you say, I got the conditioner, but where's the shampoo? I'm like, there is no shampoo. That's the point. So yeah, it's it's a way to explain it, and it's a great platform to be able to educate and explain. Yeah, and I think that longevity is a testament to the quality of the products. And I know that you're a believer that you know what goes on you is just as effective or and more important that what goes as what goes inside you. Yeah. And so equating those two, how has that philosophy shaped your line of cruelty for you vegan, which you know we're always <laughs> championing here. So how did that philosophy shape your product development? Well, you you know, I'm vegan now, I've been vegan September will be four years. I was pescatarian for five years before that, so no meat for almost nine years now. Or any chicken fish or not fish, chicken, turkey and that stuff for almost nine years. But knowing that with launching my product in November of two thousand, no animal byproducts, no animal testing, cruelty free. I launched it that way. And now, yeah, I'm on QVC and you see the buzzword is oh vegan, cruelty free. I'm like, I've been that way for 23 years. I launched it that way. When I did the infomercial with Gutty Ranker, part of my element was is, and I'm being honest, like, you cannot, I won't let you allow you to sell in China because they require animal testing. Like, you can never sell in China for that reason. They require animal testing. So, not, not an option. So, yeah, it's, again, I wasn't vegan at the time, but I just was an animal lover and so forth. And, like, there was no reason for that. There's no reason for animal byproducts to be in our products and putting it on your hair, face, body, or skin. I love that. And I guess that maybe led you to the pedicure line that you had as well? Yeah, yeah, because I, I love animals. I've had animals for God, 20 plus years growing up, but then my own 20 plus years. And um, I would always use my art, cleansing conditioner, on the dogs. And people say, oh, can, do you have one for pets? Do you have one for pets? And they ask it. Constantly, I'm like, oh, I just use Sweet Almond, I use Teacher, I use this one on the pets, but not. And I thought, I'm asked this all the time, I should create one for pets. And then I also did my research, and their pH level is higher than ours. So our when pets is between the seven to eight pH, where we're four and a half to five and a half. So yeah, our pH level for our wet pets is a bit higher. They do have more essential oils in theirs because you're not worried about weighing down hair, it's their coats for the moisture and hydration. So they have more essential oils in theirs than we do. But I do get questions from people, can I use wet pets myself? I'm like, you can, but I have people, but I mean, they do. They're like, can I use, I'm like, you can use yours on your pets. You can use your pets if you want to. It is a higher pH, but when, and I don't know why. I guess because they have a lavender mint eucalyptus and I don't have that for people. But um, yeah, people do ask me, can I use my pets on myself? I'm like, you can, but I have like 50 other choices you can use that you don't have to. Um, yeah, so yes, and I've had people use that. I have a horse that was a rescue horse that was so dusty and dirty. I just found the picture again the other day after I showed you. So dusty and dirty from rescue. And after one cleanse with the wet, it looks like literally like that mirror over there, like a shell horse. It's amazing. We've had LAPD come, this is years ago now, come to the studio. They used to come up on horseback. And um, it was Bo and, oh God, Bo and Dexter. They used to watch Dexter. Bo and Dexter, the horses, and they were beautiful. But they were mm, dusty and just not shiny. 
And I gave them wind pads and I said, here, use this. I told them how to use it and they did. And I said, whatever you do, just you know, send me a picture, come back, whatever, whatnot. They literally used it and came back the next day. And I have pictures of their before and their after and they, it's insane, it's insane. They just glisten, the shine on them. I have people that show horses that use it. We've, we've also, um, we're part of the Westminster Kennel Club as well, dog club. And people that use it for their dogs, they get the cutting edge when they do, because they're so soft, so silky and so shiny. So yeah, we sponsored them for many years, the Westminster Kennel Club. Wow, down even to pet care, and then you have home, and then fragrances, and so many different um, categories. And I kind of consider you like the OG influencer, you know? Um, kind of known for your product, but known for yourself. How do you balance your life when you are kind of 24-7 on and have to be, because people know that that's just Dean, that's the hair guy, <laughs> he's gotta be on, he's gotta look his best at all times. <laughs> it just, it kinda just is, and I do, like last night, I know they love it when I, I, I'm, I have my garden, which I love, you have to see my, I have my garden finally. Growing up in Pennsylvania, I was responsible for the garden from like nine to 13 years old. I had not had a garden until COVID happened. The first year I had it was in 2021, yeah, 2021, my first garden. And it's evolved now and this year, blooming like crazy so much. It's absolutely amazing. But um, I know they love seeing the garden. I, they know I eat from my garden. I'm, I went live two nights ago and showed them this is all for my zucchini from my garden, my artichokes from my garden. I have my corn from my garden and showing all that. They just love it. And last night I'm making, I'm like, they want us, and they get inspired by it, and I love that. And I've, I've been able to turn people vegan, or at least vegetarian, by watching me and eating better. And that, that's why I do that. The other part is product, you know, product, uh, when they have product questions. But I do, and it's during COVID, I found that so many people said, like I got through it because of my angels, Bell and Riley. I got through, I don't know how I would have got through it without my labs. But other people are like, you saved me through COVID and watching you and learning from you. And, and I found you through COVID and you inspired me. Go walking, we do two, three mile walks with the angels. They're like, you got me out walking now. So it's just live your life and you know inspire the people that are part of your life. So yeah, mine, it, it could be hiking, it could be walking, it could be swimming. On Fridays we go swimming and glooming with the angels and I show them and they're like, oh my gosh, I probably never get to California, but you're bringing me there. So it's, yeah, I do it and it just, it helps. It helps connect to my brand and it helps them feel like they're part of us because they are. They know her. They know her like crazy. Paris, like crazy. Um, yeah. So I, I, I have owls, and they literally said because I've had people in the past. You know, Victor from the Abbey. Um, he passed a year ago. He was manager of the Abbey. He passed a year ago. I was insanely close with him, and in his final years, because he battled for eight years with his cancer, but we had so many long talks and we would talk about, we we both believe in, I, I've had so many people in the past and I've told them how they've connected with me. And he says, oh, when I'm there, you're gonna know it's me, you're not gonna have to think about it. And he's connecting me with owls. There's owls at my property almost every night and around my GX my, when I'm building. They're there and even my people know, that's Victor, I, I know it is. So they get inspired by that. A woman today just reached out to me and said, oh my God, with your cooking and your this and your owls, you've just, you've given me hope and whatnot and it just, just be you and show who you are and you'll connect with people that resonate with who you are. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And But for you, when you're kind of feeling low, I need to fill up your tank. What are you, are you journaling? Are you meditating? 
I meditate, yeah, I meditate, I do my prayers, you know, I do my prayers for, the angels get five kind of meals a day, and their prayers happen every meal they get, so it's not just for them, it's for me, it's for everyone, and people watch, and I'm like, God, they did that five times a day, I'm like, yeah, they sit there, and they're so darn patient, it's like, it's for them, it's for collectively, it's, it's for everything, but, um, yeah, my energy is usually, even before COVID, it was like 99% now, probably in the 80s, because like there's just so much stuff going on. Um, it's just, I posted, I showed something yesterday, in some, it was someone else's post on TikTok, and it was a bee that was covered in honey. And the husband saved it, I don't know if you saw it, saved it, he put it on a stick, brought it to, I have bees in my garden too, that were part of, they were on my property, and the bee kept, beekeepers came and they harvested them and they finally brought them back to me and it's doubled in like less than two months the beehives have doubled so they're happy they're buzzing it's insane um but they took that bee and they brought it back to its hive and as soon as they did Marisol, i showed you all of his brothers and sisters whichever they are came and started licking it and cleaning that bee instantly to get all the honey off it to save that bee's life and it's I'm like, bees are so much effing kinder than people. I'm like, if we could take a portion of that, I have to post it, but it was amazing. I showed it when I was live last night, and everyone's like, that's amazing. It's amazing. It's just, it's innate with them. Bees, from the day they're born, they start working. Bees basically live 40 to 45 days. It takes bees their whole life, which is 40 to 45 days, except the queen lives longer. And I'm not sure exact, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's much longer. Um, but it takes the bees, their 40 to 45 days, to make one tablespoon of honey. So when you eat one tablespoon of honey, you know that was a bee's whole life. I got goosebumps, it's insane. We need to learn from, I mean nature, but bee, if we stopped at bees, we would be much better off. Wow, you, you just have an inspiring journey. I want to open up a little bit to the audience to see if they have any questions there. Um, let's see, any questions from the audience for Chaz? So, yeah, you said you were right. I, I, I'm from Bulgaria, and uh, that was the best show ever, Desperate Housewives. It was everywhere. <laughs> even my mom, my mom was like, they have the best hair ever. There, there, there was just one that came up of Marsha Cross from the set, and I reposted it, and she actually liked it yesterday. It was just from that, and I'm like, remember when, and I put W-E-N, because they were all, the whole set, the guys, the kids, they were my clients at the salon, and they were just, they were all, Eva Longoria got her L'Oreal contract because she was a wind girl. They even said it, you can find it online somewhere. They hired her because her long, silky, glossy hair, I'm like, because she was a wind girl. <laughs> and again, I can't pay the millions that they, I really, no, they pay insane. But um, yeah, so yeah, their hair, it was, it, was, it was a walking billboard, the ad campaigns that they did. Um, they did one, I remember it, because it came up the other day. They were in a laundromat, and it says, not everything comes out in the wash. And I'm like, you could have branded with me and said, with when? So yeah, I don't know if you remember, but they did great campaigns. Their campaigns were incredible. But yeah, it was worldwide. They were like, took the world by storm. I, I missed that show, because it was clever. It was a great show. I have a question. How did you name your, or what, how did you name your brand? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> no, because, no, it, I, I do get that question. I'm like, okay. So if you remember going back to 1993, four or five, all the way to 2000, so 93 for seven years, Imagine me telling you, you don't need to use shampoo, you're never gonna use shampoo again, I'm gonna mix this. I used to mix, every client that came, I had to mix, 
you remember, two thirds, she talked about it. She just talked, she had me sign a bottle. She goes, I remember we used to fill the 16 ounces from the gallons and whatnot. She goes, so she had me sign it just yesterday. Yeah. She goes, I remember you used to say, okay, you're gonna work here and then we're gonna go fill bottles. I used to do all that. So when I was getting ready to launch it, I didn't know what I was gonna call it. I didn't even know what I was gonna call, it wasn't shampoo when I knew that. What am I going to call it? I'm like, well, it's cleansing and it's conditioning at the same time. And I went through my head, cleansing, conditioner, cleansing, conditioner. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because you're cleansing and you're conditioning. There was no category back then. There was no such thing. So that was part of it. But I thought, I want to name it something with three letters. It just, I'm very numerical, very important to me numbers. So I wanted something with three letters and I wanted to have meaning. And I thought, what does it mean to me in the past five, seven years? What does it mean to me? And I'm like, I always tell people, as long as you trust me, I promise it works. And it's a whole new way of looking at cleansing your hair. So I wrote down new on a piece of paper. And anything that, that correlated to it, I wrote on a piece of paper. And then I held it up in front of a mirror. And it said, new when, new when. It's a whole new way of looking at cleansing your hair. Most people, backwards way of looking at cleansing your hair. And like, it's three letters. It has a very zen feel. Like, I like it. New when, new when. So it's a new way, backwards way, in most people's eyes, of looking at cleansing your hair. Yep. Um, uh, Asia, uh, my name is Sifa. What's your name? Sifa. Sifa, nice to meet you. Thank you, man. A very ins inspirational interview. My question is, um, if you could tell your younger self anything that you know now, with, with some things that you would tell I never, I've never accepted, you know this about me, I've never accepted no for an answer, even with my PR, my peak production team, like if it's a no, I'm like okay, that's a no, but how are we getting to that yes? I don't, I don't, like I know no's happen, they happen my whole life, but if that's a no, what about this? If that's a no, what about this? If that's a no, what about, I will keep going until I get to that yes. Do not give up, but I, I've always done that, so it's not like, I, I guess I guess the thing I have to tell myself is I didn't give up. I never did give up, but it took me most of my life to get here. I, this breakthrough didn't happen until 15 years ago, which is more than half of my life, obviously. So it would be don't give up, and I never did. But it did it seem like I don't know. I guess the example is like I would be told, oh, we want you to do a. a hair for Faith Hill for a music video, da, 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 and I'd get all excited about it, and boom, it wouldn't happen. We wanted you to do for Shania Twain for that main song. Why don't you do da, 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 and then it wouldn't happen. I'm like, why do I keep getting this dangled in front of me for it not to happen? And it was the most frustrating thing. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't, I did, like, I am who I am, and she's known me for 25 years. I am who I am, I stand in who I am, I don't sway from it. It's not like if I get this success, all of a sudden I'm gonna become this monster, this person over here. I'm rooted in who I am, and it would be to not give up, which I never did, but I think I'd have to tell myself, don't give up, and it will all work out in the end. Because I never did give up. It's just a matter of, yeah, it was frustrating for so, she was with me for so many of those years. Even when she used to work for me, and I couldn't afford to pay what I could, and I understand she had to do what she had to do, and I'm like, when I do better, I promise I'll pay you better. And she came back to work for me when I was able to do better. So I understand she had to do what she had to do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another one over there. Um, okay. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, you've been 
What is it? Alden. Alden, nice to meet you. Um, I've actually had my hair cut several times from uh, Rico in your studio. Thank oh. you. And I clearly need it again. Um, <laughs> but, so you've had, you've just done so much in the hair care space and styling. And I, I'm actually wondering, like, what does the future look like and what are you excited for in, in the self-care hair care space? I'm working on it finally happened. We, we interviewed uh, a year and a half ago or so. We were looking for someone in marketing. And people that I interviewed, one person actually used to work and develop pop tools for G and this and that, Paul Mitchell and so forth. And I'm like, I have wanted forever to do my own tools. I just didn't have those connecting links. And so I'm like, okay, I'm hiring someone else for that. But where I see you is in this. And if you want the job, this is where I want to hire you. And it was developing, I'm working on, and it will be next year for one of them, is my own a line of color, at home colors, because I do, I created from 93, I do what's called a glossing, which I use permanent color, vegetable color, when cleansing conditioner, when smoothing glossing serum, and a small amount of peroxide. So it's so forgiving, it's for everybody. You can lighten your hair if you use a light color, you can lift it some levels, but it grows in really forgiving. You don't have a harsh line of demarcation. I've done it for 30 years now, and people have always said, how can I get an at home glossing? How can I get an at home glossing? I never had those connections with anyone. So when I finally interviewed this girl and she had those connections and someone actually reached out to me from Italy about a color line, I'm like, oh my God, it's all finally lining up 30 years later. So I'm working with a, it's zero color, it's vegan, it's cruelty free, uh, and it's ammonia free. And I'm so excited to be working on it with them. I had hoped for it to be this year, but I'm being honest, they're out the whole month of August as well. It's just, it's much slower in Italy, so it won't be till next year. So that's one element I'm crazy excited about. So we're launching seven colors in that, um, from blonde to a darkest brown. And then also my tool, I'm doing a tool because I signature for our blowouts with the round brushes. And that's the same thing. When I used to do that, people used to look at me like, oh my God, this kid's crazy. Because it's when no one did it. I used to do round brushes, I put them in the hair and I would use them to set the hair. And I would have like 13, 15 brushes in the head. And all the other styles would look at me like, you're an idiot. <laughs> they would. They would look at me like, you're a fool, you're an idiot. I'm like, whatever, look at her hair. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, they're all doing the same thing. And they all do. And people do it now. But I did it back in the late 90s. And it was with Wild Orchid when it was Fergie, when she was in Wild Orchid. That's how I used to do her hair. She always wanted to look like Pamela Anderson. So we would put the um, Fergie, kind of Fergie. So um, it's when they, before they even kicked off Wild Orchid, when they were launching their first album. They were my girls and I would do the brushes and the big Pamela Anderson hair and whatnot. So I've always wanted to, I just didn't have that space. So it's the idea of that, all that brush setting and so forth, but it's a dryer with a tool and attachments and whatnot. So it's finally gonna launch in October, thank goodness. So I'm crazy excited about that. It weighs less than a pound with the cord, it's a pound and a half. With, with the, when you're holding the tools up, it's under a pound, which is amazing. Because I have so many people that, I, I have shoulder issues from everything I've been doing this since I was 19. So I've screwed up my shoulders. Anyone that's done hair for that long, screwed up shoulders. So I'm excited about that. The tool, hot tool, the styling tool, not hot tool, styling tool, because it doesn't exceed 240 degrees either, because people are burning shit out of their hair. And I ask people, I see them all the time, I'm like, I, I know the answer before I say it. I'm like, oh, you're using, and I'm like, 
I know in my head, sorry, not to diss it, but Dyson, I'm like, I know, I can tell because your hair is all singed and burned, but then just turn the heat to the lowest setting because it's so damn hot. It's over 300 plus degrees and they're burning a singe in their hair. So mine, it doesn't really exceed 220, but on the box we're putting 240 just as that safety buffer. So uh, it's about preserving the health integrity there. So those are the two things I'm most excited about. And once I launched the color line, expanding it obviously, but you have to launch, you know, start it somewhere. So the first seven colors. Does that help? Does it get it? Yes? Oh, What's your name? Megan. Thank you. Uh, Megan? So, so my question is with all of your, um, you know, drive for success and all of your hard work that you've put in, like all these years, and like I will say, I definitely was like one of the first supporters back when you started QVC. I saw the infomercial stuff and I was like, I need that. I remember calling and I was And you're beautiful. We already acknowledged that, but you were talking to someone. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, and so I'm wondering how do you manage like work-life, personal life, like balance, if that exists? Because you're, so, you're, you're so committed to your success and I know like, you know, Leo, Scorpio rising, Virgo moon, it's like, very much so to-do list assassin, trying to get it all in, you know, reaching the heights of success, but it's like, how do you manage, like, personal life, dating, self-care, all of that? I do the self-care part, because I don't want to do that. Um, I just, I, I, I don't sleep much. I sleep between four and six hours a night. I try to get more sleep. Even on Sundays, I try to take to myself. I have so many friends that invite, oh, you want to go to brunch, you want to go to party, you want to, I think you've invited me because on Sunday, I'm like, Sundays, that's my recharge and I need to me. So selfishly, I'm like, I keep Sunday carved for my angels and myself and just at home with nature out in the day bed or on the roof deck or whatnot. Sundays are what refuel me and recharge me, but the rest is like, six days a week she knows like anywhere from 18 plus hours a day but i i just i don't know how, i don't know where i get that i don't drink coffee i don't do sugar um i never have i can decaf coffee gets me amped even i love your the drinks the ones that are here i can only take sips of them those i can only take sips i do like half one once i'm like oh my god i'm like amped so it's just my energy i don't know but again she's known me for 25 years and she knows she's like you need to i'm like I don't do vacation because, and I've said this before, I don't really do vacations because I am afraid that if I take one that's long enough, I might not want to start over again. That is like <laughs> halfway a joke, but I'm really kind of serious because when COVID happened, when COVID happened, I looked at it like my life before COVID was at least double what it is now. And I'm like, how did we do what we did before COVID? Because we were in and out of town. We could be in and out of town to QBC twice a month we were gone half of the year now i have new york which i'm gone getting to be close to half a year but not quite as much um but i look at my life before covid and i'm like i don't know how i did it so i don't know i don't i, I really don't i look at them like how did we do what we did we traveled with a team of like 20 24 at a time the angels with us constantly going it was constant going i don't know how i did it I just did. It was in like autopilot, I guess. And even now, getting back to going back to QVC in the studio and going to New York, I love it. I love. I when I'm in New York, I work five days a week in the salon. When I'm here, it's Zoom calls and meetings. And I used to be behind the chair all that time. And trust me, I like that so much better than the Zoom meetings and stuff. But all the business stuff now took over because of COVID, and I can't seem to get out of that because they're all locked in, meeting, 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 and so forth. Um, 
But in New York, New York, we go to dinners, and that's my, I love it. I bring my, I'm, yeah, I told him, I'm the only really vegan one in my whole group, but they go to the vegan restaurants with me and all, and they end up usually honestly loving it. Plant the Queen in the city of New York is ridiculous. It's my non-vegan's favorite restaurant in New York, out of every restaurant, is Plant the Queen. It's, and someone told me about it, it's vegan sushi, but it's their sushi and it's, they use, um, they use eggplant as their eel. There's one here now, it's in Marina, it's Planta Cucina, and it's really good. They have some of it, but in all honesty, it, the, it's the water. It tastes better in New York. It's really good. So I balance it. I go to shows and concerts and whatnot. I guess that's my outlet. Um, it doesn't feel like work to me, kind of. Even when I'm live with the people, I'm helping and whatnot. So yeah, and I'm about a dater. I don't date, I'm not a dater. <laughs> I see, so you just love what you do, so yeah. it's like recharging you. Yeah. And one last question. I'm just wondering about the products. I'm just wondering if you have done something in the realm of slowing the good here. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Actually, try my Bella Spirit wine, um, because I don't know why. I don't even have the answer to it, but I've seen it. I've witnessed it with my clients. When they use the Bella Spirit products, it's like, their salt becomes more pepper. And I, I don't have the answer why. I just know that my salt and pepper clients are noticing more pepper, less salt in guys and women. And I'm like, I can't give them the answer because I don't know what's in there that's causing it to do that. But I notice it through our clients and they notice it. I'm like, yeah, you used to be so much more salt. You have so much more pepper. One of our clients who was so proud of going gray, she's like, I'm getting so much more of my natural color back in my hair. So it, the Bella Spirit Cleansing Conditioners and I don't know why. I don't know why. I just know it happens. Yeah, so it's got, it has um, 12 proprietary ingredients in it of lavender water, cucumber water, eucalyptus water, bamboo water, white tea, green tea, red tea, black tea, manuka honey, eucalyptus honey, orange blossom honey, and sage honey. So it has 12 proprietary ingredients to us in it. Um, but I'm not sure what combination in there that's so unique and different from my other ones, but with Bella Spirit, they noticed that they have less prey, they become more pepper and less salt. But I hope people take away from this how knowledgeable you are and how hands-on you are with your own products and how that translates to success. But I do want to ask you the final question. <laughs> You're talking to a new entrepreneur, they want to bring something to market. What can you tell them to kind of wander well through that journey, both on balancing life but also making sure that your kickoff is successful? I think my main thing is Find a niche of something that's, you know, find a problem and find a solution to it is a big part. Like, what things drive you create, and that's the best way to find, like, every time I do, like, myself tanners, like, I was doing it for years, I'm like, I'm settling for this, why? So what is it that either bugs you, drives you crazy, or what are you settling for, and how can you fix that is the biggest part, because we all do it every day. It's like, there's things you do that, if only I could do it this way, or if only I didn't have to do this, is the element. So what things drive you crazy that you wish could be different and figure out how to do that different would be a big part. And then you've gotta, you can't never, cause I was, you know, I was with the infomercial for 13, 14 years with QVC now 18. And between the two of them, there's a lot and they take a lot and they have a lot from you. And I would always tell them, you need to not, if you ever kill my passion, it's authentic, I can't get up there and fake it. This is what it is, and if I lose this, then you lose that. So I know I know how I am, and it's like, my sister knows, I can joke with her. She's like, look at me, I'm like, I can tell you're lying, I'm like, I'm not lying, I'm joking, but it, this is who I am, and I can't fake it, so 
then you can't lose your passion. You've got to have your passion or otherwise you're just going through the motions and it's not going to be fun. Thank you. It's such an inspiration for you. Um, where can we best support you and find you online? Um, Chazdeen.com is our website, but I'm on TikTok Chazdeen, Instagram Chazdeen. Twitter is still kind of there, barely too. Twitter and threads is Chazdeen. Um, and Facebook is Chazdeen fan page. And then Went by Chazdeen is all of them, plus Pinterest. And Chazdeen Studio is all of them. And Chazdeen Studio NYC yeah. is all of them. So yeah, but mine personally, like I go live on mostly TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. You, know, you can find this podcast at Wonder World Living. This will be streaming on all podcast platforms under Wonder World. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.